Well, thank you. It's uh, been a pleasure to um, teach this content. Um, this will be uh, my sixth week, and um, I'm going to be passing the torch to Bobby. So Bobby's going to be teaching next week um, and then several weeks after that as, as well. So um, I've been sufficiently uh, beat up in, in studying these, these uh, respectable sins and um, just been convicted of where I see them in my own life, and hopefully um, you all have been helped uh, by the study as well. Um, just a word of maybe caution as we uh, continue this study um, that we not become discouraged as we realize that we may be uh, a lot more sinful than we thought when we kind of dig into these subtle sins that we uh, sometimes tolerate. Maybe they become ingrained patterns in us to the extent that we don't even realize we're sinning in these ways. But rather than becoming discouraged in the fight, we um, should be rejoicing that God's word is doing its convicting work in our lives. That is evidence that we're truly alive in Christ. Um, and that's why each week I've kind of been taking us back to the beginning, uh, where we kind of laid a foundation um, for fighting these sins. So we... We remember that we are saints who God, has, who, who God has chosen to save through the gospel of Jesus Christ and sanctify through the power of his Holy Spirit. And this gives us hope in the battle against sin, using all the means God has given us to fight with all our strength, knowing he will complete the good work he began in us. Christ breaks the power of canceled sin. He sets the prisoner free. His blood can make the foulest clean. His blood availed for me. So we, we sang that truth this morning. And so that's the hope we have. The sin we're, we're, we're fighting, the sin we're killing, is canceled sin. It's been paid for by Jesus Christ, and that gives us hope. Um, it has no power over us. And so we can say no to sin and uh, don't have to sin in these ways. So let's press on this week as we looked at as we look at the respectable sins of impatience, irritability, and anger. I was telling Carrie yesterday the Lord sovereignly gives us opportunities to practice what we preach, and this week we had a plumbing issue in our basement. So um, it's taken some time to figure out you know exactly what's wrong and how to go about fixing it. So we've got to, you know, tear up some stuff and, and find the problem. And, you know, there's bad odors emanating from the basement. And, you know, this is an opportunity to see how we're doing in the area of, of impatience and irritability. When we have an underlying belief that life should be comfortable and convenient, these sins get exposed by the most minor trials. The first uh, sin, kind of a tandem, uh, impatience and irritability. This is from chapter 13 of Bridges' book. And Bridges points out that these sins are most evident in the context of, of family life. We normally mind our manners in public, but it is when we are in the privacy of our own homes that our true character is revealed. He defines impatience uh, this way. Impatience is a strong sense of annoyance at the usually unintentional faults and failures of others. Bridges says uh, this impatience is, is often 
express verbally in a way that tends to humiliate the person who is the object of the impatience. So we become impatient when those around us do not conform to our own expectations of how they should behave. What does the Bible say about this? We're going to look at at several passages. Uh, You're welcome to turn with me or you can just listen. 1 Corinthians 13, 1 and 4 says this. If I speak with the tongues of men and of angels but do not have love, I have become a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And then in verse 4, the first characterization of love is love is patient. So these were church members who were using gifts in an an unloving way. And um, the first instruction Paul has for them is that um, they must put on love. And love is, first of all, characterized by being patient. Patient with... um, family members at home or family members in the church. It's another context where this sin gets exposed is in, in body life other, with other Christians. We can also look at Galatians 5, 22 and 23, where we see the fruit of the Spirit. So the fruit of the Spirit Uh, characterized by these these things. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.14. This is uh, instruction as you're discipling or um, counseling someone. Um, Paul tells the Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians 5, 14, We urge you, brethren, admonish the unruly, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, and be patient with everyone. So that covers um, all of us. All of us at one time are uh, going to be unruly or faint-hearted or weak. Uh, We may have proclivities in in one of those areas that are that are more than others but um whether we're helping people with um sin counseling them discipling them we have to become we have to be patient with them all there's all the opportunity to become impatient with those who are are struggling to make progress who are uh sinning in various ways and uh, that requires patience we want to be patient with those people because we're going to need help in those areas too and we want patience to be extended to us Ephesians 4 1 and 2 more instructions for for body life Ephesians 4 1 and 2 therefore I the prisoner of the Lord implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called with all humility and gentleness with patience showing tolerance for one another in love. A parallel passage to that is Colossians 3.12. Colossians 3.12, Paul says again, So as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, 
gentleness, and patience. So the commands of scripture are clear. We're not to be characterized by impatience, but um, we are to be patient people, patient with um, believers especially, and and patient um, with all those we come in contact with. Closely related to um, impatience is irritability. Irritability. Irritability is uh, defined this way. It describes the frequency of impatience or the ease with which a person can become impatient over the slightest provocation. The irritable person is the one that nobody wants to be around. Um, But if you live with a irritable person, uh, if you're married to an irritable person, or work for one, uh, maybe your boss is is that way, you may not have the option of of avoiding them. So just a couple of um, questions for for us to consider. How should we respond if we are the target of someone else's impatience and irritability? What are your thoughts in light of um, the scriptures we've looked at what is what are we called to? How do we respond in, in such case? Paul. Yes. peacemaker yep and being a peacemaker is different than being a peacekeeper peacekeeper is just covering it over but uh, a peacemaker like um, like Aaron said we uh, restore one that is uh, sinful behavior so uh, we can confront the person with their sin if your brother sins Go and show him his fault in private. If he listens to you, you have won your brother. That is Matthew uh, 18, 15, words of Christ. So um, that's that's uh, uh, one that you guys mentioned, confronting the person with their sin. Another one is to uh, follow the example of Christ. This gets to what, what Joby was saying. Um, Christ, uh, while being reviled, he did not revile in return. While suffering, he uttered no threats, but kept entrusting himself to him who judges righteously. 1 Peter 2, 23. 
so that's not being a doormat, but it is um, just uh, not reviling in return. And so that may be what you're called to if you're in a, a situation that is um, not not readily, um, not able to be changed quickly. So if you're in a marriage with a, an irritable person, that's going to be a, a, a trial that um, could be long if, if they don't. Uh, respond to um, uh, counsel uh, to repent um, could be working for a boss that um, is irritable or impatient and there's not other jobs out there you're in that situation so follow the example of Christ in those cases um, do not revile in return while suffering he uttered no threats but kept entrusting himself to him who judges righteously and that's just a a firm conviction in the sovereignty of God that he has you where he has you for a purpose, for your own sanctification and for his glory. In what circumstances are you tempted to be impatient? So we could probably camp out here for the rest of our class time, but um, we just want to hear where your particular um challenges are in this area where you see yourself tempted where maybe where you see yourself failing but help talk through with me what are what are the circumstances where you become impatient yeah that's a common one uh driving i'm i'm convicted by this and it's maybe maybe i did realize it maybe i didn't but when i hear other people talk about it i become convicted wow i I am impatient when I drive. And this comes to light just in, like we said, a lot of times it's, it's with family because you're in the car, it's just, it's just you and your wife or your kids, and uh, then the real you comes out as you become impatient with the circumstances around you. Why don't people just get out of my way? Don't they know that I'm trying to get somewhere and I'm trying to, whether it's unload food at the, the hockey games and... Um, yeah, just really impatient. And uh, my hear my kids tell stories of like vacations we've taken, and, <laughs> and the stories they tell are kind of funny. And it's they they tell them to Carrie because you know, Carrie wasn't there for the vacation or whatever, and they're laughing, but it's kind of stinging. It's stinging. It's a stinging rebuke because I'm like, wow. We took that whole vacation, and what they remember was my <laughs> impatience in driving when I was late getting to the airport, and then I was snapping at them. And ah, oh, it's uh, it's insidious; it really is. And and those those are exposing moments. Again, an opportunity to to repent. Um, so yeah, driving's a big one. A, a big one. Uh, what a, what about any other any other circumstances? Yeah, Aaron. Yeah. So agreements within a marriage where a certain course of, of action is taken and then the one that maybe was the one whose preference didn't 
get chosen as the course of action, not not following through. And so that can be a, a temptation to be impatient with our spouse. Others? Yeah, well, I would say for one that keeps creeping up in my life is just when my old reputation's on the line. Mm-hmm. So, like, um, being impatient with other people that maybe you're, I'm responsible for. Yeah. Because um, I know that I'm anticipating that it's going to look back around and actually reflect on my yeah. reputation. Yeah. So it really is, like, very insidious because it's, it's the definition of self-love. Yeah. Um, instead of saying, hey, you know, how can I help you? I'm concerned about, well, how's this going to look like on me? Yeah. Yeah, that's a temptation uh, that's common uh, in me too. It's just if you don't do your job, I'm going to look bad, you know. So becoming impatient with, yeah, people that we're responsible for. Any others? Yes. I'm going to go with a blanket statement of raising children. <laughs> that's a big, big, big category that's to explain. <laughs> they're just doing something childish mm-hmm. and I want it the adult way. Yeah. And so I I struggle with this a lot. So yeah. it's just something, you know, we're working through learning how to raise kids. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, failures of children or trying to discern what's sinful and what's just mm-hmm. childishness. Yeah. Yeah. It's humbling. Any others? Trying to communicate with people, but it seems like not understanding one another. Yeah. We'll keep it generic about who. So you mean this? No, no, I don't mean that. You mean this? No, no, no. Yeah, I was thinking even uh, Paul's. Um, commands in 1 Thessalonians 5.14, counseling others, counseling other believers, um, communicating truth, and and they're not getting it, and still still struggling in sin, and it's like, hey, we've, man, we've gone over this week after week, and, you know, can you not just go one week with that, you know, then somehow I'm becoming impatient, but not entrusting that to the Lord, that the Spirit is at work in the life of that person, they're truly saved he's he's sanctifying them and just instead of being thankful for for being used of god in that way we become impatient with the the failures of of other people um i think another one is you know irritation um irritable people sometimes if you scratch the surface of what they're why they're irritable you know they've been watching a lot of news <laughs> it's like you know if you if you watch you know 3 hours of fox news before you go to bed what are your thoughts going to be you know before you fall asleep it's just you're irritated with those you know those stupid democrats you know it's like it's why you know why can't they they believe like i believe so it's just you know what you're filling your mind with that's going to determine what your thoughts are it's it's a you know direct not renewing your mind with scripture, but just, just consuming that and find yourself getting irritated and anxious with what's going on in the world. And, um, yeah, just think that's another area that I can see, you know, irritation in my own life. If I consume that um, without a, a biblical um, worldview of what's going on. 
So we've identified areas where we're tempted to be impatient. Um, what ways do you tend to express that impatience and irritability? How does that get expressed? What's that? Your tone of voice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Often tips you off to something's wrong here. It's like that tone, I hear it. Yes. Just not showing like love and grace towards others as like you might not be yelling at people, but you aren't just as overlooking of people. Right. Or ignoring them. Yeah. Not yeah. Silent treatment. What about uh, biblical remedies for impatience and irritability? We've already mentioned some some passages of scripture that you go to 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 renew your mind in that area. Any other biblical remedies for impatience and irritability? Thanksgiving. Yeah, I was thinking of the same one. We just, yeah, just went through that study, and that's a great antidote to impatience and irritability. Even even this week, you know, as I was saying, we had we had plumbing problems, and how that can be a trigger to, you know, just just exposes what's already in there, but exposing that uh, impatience and irritability, but just thinking. Like, how can I thank God in these circumstances? I mean, I can be thankful to God for indoor plumbing. Like, over the course of human history, how long has there been indoor plumbing? Like, it hasn't been that long, but we have the luxury of, of indoor plumbing. Even in the 21st century, this would say most of the world by landmass, you know, doesn't have indoor plumbing. Um, thankful to God for brothers in Christ who ministered to us by helping us diagnose the problem and take up the the flooring. Um, that was huge. Like thankful that in God's sovereign timing, it came to light when it did. Um, thankful for God's common grace of plumbers and people who know how to fix these things. Like I, I'd, I wouldn't know where to start. So I think just like you said, Colin, thanksgiving uh, to God is such uh, an important spiritual discipline, as Tim's been teaching us in past weeks, that can really help help renew our minds in those times when we're, we're struggling with this. So that's that's a great one. Any others? I saw a hand over here. Jonathan? Uh, I just think in James, like, let every person be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger. The anger of man doesn't produce the righteousness of God. Yeah. That verse is always going through my mind. Yeah. Yeah. Slow down, get your thinking right, because we're we're tempted to yeah go off in a hundred directions, especially if we haven't been renewing our minds and you know going going to war against this. It it just flares up. It's just like second nature. That's how we that's how we re- respond. Bobby, yeah, I think especially this has been helpful with kids um, is thinking of our status before God mm-hmm. and how patient He is with us. Yeah. Um, we have a loving father who if, if he was just and his justice was known immediately and it wasn't poured out on Christ yeah. I would be gone in a second Amen. Yeah. he was so patient with me yeah. and yet it's kind of like the, the parable right yeah. and yet I'm going to go to the next servant and say hey you owe me yeah. this much yeah. um, 
you know, if you've been forgiven that much, you should forgive that much. Yeah. And um, that's especially true with kids. Yeah. So it's been just meditating on that. Yeah. Really helpful in those moments where I, I want to react. Yeah. Um, just thinking, Lord, you haven't given me what I deserve. You've given me grace. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good word. Well, um, we have to move on. So the we're as I said, these these topics we're just kind of skimming over the top of them, diagnosing them, but maybe uh, giving you some more um, just insight into where we might be sinning in these ways, and then um, you can press in deeper as you you know commit commit these scriptures to memory, or um, if you need additional help in these areas, um, help help you know where to where to look. Jumping to uh, chapter 14, anger. Okay, so we're going to try to cover anger in 15 minutes. So <laughs> this is another one where, um, yeah, just so many, so many ways you could go with this. We could spend several weeks on a, a study, study of anger. But um, this is one of those root sins that can manifest itself in all kinds of other sinful behavior. And so I don't know if word pictures are, are helpful for you, but I kind of just think back to this. <laughs> this metaphor of the, the tree and you've got the bad fruit of sinful words and deeds and, and what are the roots below it? And you can see one of the main roots um, that gives birth to all kinds of other sins is sinful anger. Um, so, you know, we may not blow up with angry words or actions, but if we scratch the surface of other respectable sins, we may find that, you know, what's underneath it is a root of um, anger. Bridges defines anger as a strong feeling of displeasure and usually of antagonism, often accompanied by sinful emotions, words, and actions hurtful to those who are the objects of our anger. So that, as I said, the, the next few minutes, we're just going to do a flyover of this complex and entangling sin. I mean, there's obviously good books that have been written on this subject. If you're looking for resources, um, could see you know me or tim or bobby there's um definitely good resources out there to if you want to dive deeper into this particular sin but we're going to just apply some biblical truths that will hopefully help us diagnose where we're sinfully angry and and then how to put this sin to death in our lives there is an anger that is not sinful that's uh, righteous anger um how do we know the difference between righteous anger and sinful anger well Righteous anger is Godward in focus, so it's anger at sin and moral evil. We're angry that God has been offended. Um, it's never self-centered. Um, it's an anger that is always self-controlled. Never causes us to lose our temper or seek vengeance. But um, the anger that the Bible mainly focuses on is, is sinful anger. What are the temptations toward sinful anger? As we look at these, we have to remember that no one causes me to get angry or to sin in anger. That is a, a choice that I react in anger. That's something that it's um, often said, well, I, I couldn't help it or they did this, and then I responded with anger. No one can cause you to sin um, 
in the area of anger. It's, it's a choice. So, as I said, um, we'll be tempted to be angry when we have been sinned against. Um, this is not to dismiss the sin of the other person. I think, you know, um, people sin against other people in, in horrendous ways. Um, even Christians sin in shocking ways. And so that doesn't discount their responsibility for, for what they did, but uh, we can choose um, how, how to react. And often when we've been sinned against, that's a particular temptation to, to respond sinfully. Also, when we don't get our way, um, this can, can flare up in an angry reaction, um, especially, like we said, these, these surface in the home. It's, uh, you know, a parent instructed a child in what to do. The child doesn't do it. And instead of a calm, measured response to discipline the child, there's, a, there's an angry outburst. It can result in, you know, angry words, cutting cutting comments, um, physical, um, hitting the child in anger. That's, that's sinful anger when we don't get our way in parenting or even between spouses. Um, sometimes we must uh, prefer the other person, uh, put the other f- person first, and um, that can be a, a time where uh, anger can flare up instead of um, just dying to self. Uh, if we're the target of an angry outburst from someone else, that's, again, it's another category of being sinned against, but an immediate angry reaction or angry words where we get shouted at, that can be a temptation to respond in kind, give it right back. What are sinfully angry reactions? Well, there's, there's different ways we can do that. Um, depending on your personality, you may have external blow-ups. These are overt sins of the tongue or a physical reaction. Um, it's uh, hateful, boisterous um, yelling or um, hitting somebody. That's, that's with intent to hurt the target of our anger. Um, obviously, that's... Uh, overt sin um, immediately recognizable as being sinful but what about different different manifest mes, different manifestations of anger um, also external but not as overt is murmuring um, just those would be subtle sins of the tongue so belittling or sarcastic comments about the person um, with whom we're angry um, sarcasm is a big one think always you know we can have a a comment that we think is clever or uh, humorous but it can be cutting and sarcastic in a way that um is sinful and always uh yeah i I just need to be on guard because i can i can use my speech in that way and it's sinful so always be on guard against sarcastic comments they usually reveal that there's anger under the surface and you're just finding a way to express it in a way that's maybe more socially acceptable but still sinful and then there's other people that uh, just clam up they're internally angry and you may not see it on the surface but this person harbors a sense of resentment so there's just this continual resentful feeling towards those they're angry at 
Um, they may never express it, um, but it's just this undercurrent of sin in their heart, uh, sin of resentment. So you may recognize what category you fall into. Um, but regardless of what category, whether there's external manifestations or it's internal anger, um, how do we deal with it? Dealing with our sinful anger. Well, first of all, we have to own it. Um, you have to acknowledge that this is a sin that you're um, prone to. Um, you can get help from other people. Like we said, this, this happens in close close contexts of uh, family life or even body life within the church. If you're doing ministry side by side with somebody, you um, may notice uh, anger or um, the manifestations of anger. So acknowledge it. Acknowledge that this is a sin I struggle with and I need to put it to death. Identify the root sins. Uh, There's pride, selfishness, ungodliness, um, idols of the heart. Something is being threatened. When that idol is threatened, I have this flash of anger and I express it. um, And it's sinful. So, and identify the root sins. What why are you angry? What's, what's being threatened? Repent. We must repent of sinful anger. Not only repenting of the anger, but the, the root sins under, underlying it. Go back to the cross. We said these are canceled sins. Um, we've been forgiven for our anger. So we go back to Christ and the cross, applying the blood once again. And then mind renewal with Scripture. Here's some scriptures you may um, commit to memory. Ephesians 4, 31 and 32 says, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Instead, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ has forgiven you could commit to memory Colossians 3, verse 8 and uh, 12 through 13. But now you also put them all aside, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and abusive speech from your mouth. So as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving each other, whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. Renew your mind with scripture to be ready for the battle so that when those uh, temptations flare up, you'll, you'll have that at the ready. And there's going to be the need to seek forgiveness um, from those you've wounded with your sinful anger. There may be a, a spouse, a children, co-workers, a boss, um, Go and seek forgiveness from those you've, you've sinned against. And then we rest in God's sovereignty. As we said, there may be circumstances that you cannot change. A harsh boss or an angry, unbelieving wife. Um, adult kids who have seething resentment toward you and your faults as a parent. These are trials that uh, may not resolve themselves quickly. Do we believe that God is still orchestrating these events for our sanctification and his glory? Based on Romans 8.28, we must believe that. And 
turn these situations over to him, resisting the fleshly impulse to become angry about them. Chapter 15, we're just going to have just a few minutes here to go over the weeds of anger. Weeds of anger is just another metaphor. Um, It's what Bridges uses. It's kind of like that picture of the tree with bad fruit. Um, The key text here is Ephesians 4, 26 and 27. Be angry and yet do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and do not give the devil an opportunity. So we're all going to experience anger to one extent or another. Um, Paul here is urging us not to compound our sin by letting it fester. A failure to repent of anger quickly leaves the door cracked. A, A failure to repent of anger quickly leaves the door cracked for the devil to do his work. And his work is further deception to multiply other sins associated with anger. What are those sins? Well, we already talked about resentment, the person that clams up, internalizes anger that is unresolved and unrepented of. There's bitterness. Um, This is resentment that has grown into animosity toward another person. We see going deeper and deeper into this if you're not dealing with anger quickly. Hostility. This is a state of open enmity toward others. These people, we're not only angry at them, but they're now our enemy. And they must be destroyed somehow. And that comes to the next one, holding a grudge. Hatred that is bent on taking revenge on a perceived enemy. So this person holds a grudge and may make plans to get even, or this may just be a cherished fantasy about settling the score with their enemy. Maybe they'll never carry it out, but they play over that fantasy in their mind of that person getting their their due or what they think they deserve. That's a, a follow-on sin of anger that is undealt with. And then finally, uh, strife. That's anger that is broken out into open conflict. And this is a sad reality in in families where certain members cannot even bear to be in the same room with each other uh, or fighting breaks out. Or it's sadly also evident in churches where professing believers refuse to repent of sinful anger and they break fellowship or even split local churches. So that's where this ends. Um, Do not let the sun go down on your anger, must be dealt with quickly, repented of, seek forgiveness of those you have been angry towards. Otherwise, it just metastasizes, as we've said. It it grows into all these other um, manifestations of sin. So how can we effectively put anger to death? Well, we're just going to have just a few minutes here to just look real quickly. Three directions for dealing with anger. Uh, Look to the sovereignty of God. The circumstances that you are tempted to be angry about are under the control of God. If you've been sinned against, God didn't cause that person to sin, but he allowed it for his purposes. Joseph could say to his brothers that sinfully hated him and sold him into slavery, it was not you who sent me here, but God. Genesis 45.8 His brothers expected that he would take revenge after the death of their father. But if he was ever sinfully angry at them, he didn't let it fester. 
He didn't let the sun go down on his anger, and he could say at the end of it all, As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. Genesis fifty twenty. Trust in God's sovereignty. Uh, number two, pray that God would increase your love. As we've seen in the passages we've, we've read, um, love is what we're called to put on. Memorize this text and keep it before you. 1 Peter 4, 8. Above all, keep fervent in your love for one another because love covers a multitude of sins. Love enables us to look over a lot of sinful actions of others without succumbing to sinful anger. We have to reject our culture's sentimentality towards love. It's not a mystical or unpredictable feeling that we have towards others. We fall in and fall out of it. That's, that's not biblical love. We need to work hard at loving others. Um, don't waver in it. Peter says keep fervent in it. Pursue it diligently in dependence on the Holy Spirit. And then uh, number three, learn to forgive as God has forgiven you. We're not going to read it. We're we're out of time, but Bobby mentioned it as well. The the parable of the um, servant um, who is forgiven a debt that he could not pay on the order of billions and billions of dollars. And then he, having been forgiven by the king, goes and uh, throws a brother in prison that owes him a much smaller amount. Not an insignificant amount, but in comparison to what he had been forgiven of, minuscule. And the principles of that parable, you can read it on your own time, is that our debt to God is beyond measure. It cost God dearly uh, to forgive us, cost him the death of his son on the cross. And so by comparison, others' debt to us is, um, another's debt to us is virtually nothing. Um, So keep that in mind. Learn to forgive as God has forgiven you. See the the greatness of your own debt before God, as as Bobby said. And that will... um, Help renew your mind for to be ready to forgive those that, that sin against us. So uh, be encouraged. Christ has broken the power of sin, even entrenched sins like anger. So don't lose heart. Rely on the Holy Spirit, following the example of Jesus Christ by faith. And if you need help, as we said, seek it out. Seek it out in the church here. Um, we have... Uh, been blessed. Jesus has equipped this church with with skilled counselors um, that uh, know God's word and know how to uh, help you in your fight against sin. So um, with that, we are out of time, but um, it's been a a pleasure to teach these past six weeks. Like I said, Bobby's going to take it from here and um, looking forward to hearing his, his teaching as well. So Thank you all for your attention, and I'll uh, dismiss us in prayer. Father, we are thankful for um, these moments we've had this morning to, to look into your word, to see where it exposes us, where it shows us we um, are falling short of, of your standard or 
transgressing uh, your commands. Lord, we thank, we thank you that um, these are canceled sins, as we sang this morning. Uh, we've placed our trust in Christ. We have repented, and um, we want to follow hard after him. And so we pray that by your spirit you would empower us to, to do the hard work of rooting around in, in our hearts and exposing these sins to the light of, of your word, um, applying uh, the gospel afresh, and um, seeking to walk more faithfully, uh, that we would be useful to you in, in your church, to minister to others, and be able to show them the way to be uh, freed from these uh, sins that are, are common, they're subtle. Um, maybe we've been walking in these patterns for so long we don't even realize that until we come to a study like this. So I, hopeful, I hope that um, your spirit will um, continue to remind us of these truths, that we would be about the work of um, killing sin uh, even this week. Dismiss us now, Lord. Thank you for uh, what we've heard this morning. Help us not to be um, forgetful uh, hearers, but, but doers of your word, Lord. Help us in that work, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.